Heart. You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. What is heart? Heart is running through a return man when the game is on the line. Heart is giving everything you have in practice, day after day. Heart is finding the strength to run down the field one more time when you can barely breathe. The heart in me pumps Husker Red. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast, brought to you by Coordination.com, a legacy member of the Jittery Monkey Podcast family, JitteryMonkey.com, and of course, proudly affiliated with the SB Nation Podcast Network. Coordination is one of over 300 SB Nation sites. We appreciate your interest, your involvement, your feedback, and interaction on Coordination.com in the comment section. It, it's uh, it's always a lot of fun, and I mean that with 87% sincerity. Uh, I'm Greg Mahochko, joined, uh, as always, by the two other legs of the tripod, Haas Reuter to my right, and to my left, John Dam Johnston. Guys, how are we doing this week? Huskers 2-1. and one. Haas, let's start with you. Just how are you feeling overall, life in general? Life in general? Um, it's hectic. Uh, kind of dealing with class and work and then I got my teaching practicum starting next month already. So it's, uh, it's moving along at a pretty good clip. Um, football wise, I'm feeling good. Be a lot better if we were three and oh, but, uh, showed another case of incremental improvement. That's our, the, we've been riding those two words for about 12 months now. So uh, I love that they just keep coming back. John, how are you doing today? How, tell me about your overall wellness. My overall wellness? Yeah, sure. Let's start there. Why not? <laughs> Are you back yeah. on the treadmill, John? <laughs> I guess I, my overall wellness is as good best as how uh, It's as good as it can be expected. I, I don't even know what to say there. You shock me with these phrases that come out of nowhere. I mean, I like to. I don't want to just be like, "Hi, John. How are you? How's your day? How's the family?" I thought I'd mix it up a little bit. I thought you'd appreciate that—that that I'm keeping you on your toes. But if you just want me to be bland, vanilla, milk toast, and uh, you know, first week of the season with the play call, then I can do that too. You know, I'm an IT guy. Yeah. I, I, you know, how I answer the phone. I'm curious. What do you want? But that is true. Sometimes it, I it, do that, it, and then most, wait, wait, wait. It, most it, of the time, wait, wait. Can I? Can I? Can I guess? Time, can I, I answer the phone John, John, with one stop. single word, oh. and it's not hello. Damn! Is it what? Is it yeah? It's yeah. I was hoping oh, the, you I, would say. I answer the phone too. Yeah. I was really <laughs> hoping, John, that you would say, "It have you tried turning it off and on again?" Sometimes <laughs> I do. Do you have a voicemail greeting that? You've reached John. Woo! Damn Johnson. No, my voicemail meeting greeting actually says, uh, I don't answer my phone unless I know what no phone number is calling me. So if you expect me to actually call you back, you better leave a voicemail. Are <laughs> you directing to the point? Yeah, I, I don't screw around. My overall. My, in the late 70s? What, what's that? Were you that direct when you were on the dating circuit in Lincoln in the late seventies? I might have been. <laughs> hey, name's John. You know what? I've I've, I've never right been known. Street, what do you say? I've never been known for being the smooth guy. Okay. 
How are you talking about? You're a silver-tongued devil. You're damn right I am. And, you know, I'd, I'd say, <laughs> I, I don't know how you can feel bad about this week unless your health is suffering after the Northern Illinois win compared to the previous week where Colorado just ripped our hearts out and stomped on them. I'm, I'm feeling... Yeah, I'm still not over that Colorado game, if I'm being honest. It's going to take us a long time to recover from that one, but a step in the nice direction yeah. is 44-8. to eight. Uh, the defense did its job, stepped up, pitched a shutout, so to speak. Uh, offense gave, you know, well, we know they gave two points away just on some questionable play call. But let's let's talk a little bit about that game uh, last Saturday night. You know, under the lights, Memorial Stadium, uh, first time that we've, I feel like we've been there in, in a while. Um, but you, you know what? The the offense came out and did what they needed to do. Um, and, and the defense, I was most impressed, I think, by the defense in that game, you know, there was that uh, uh, third and fourth and goal and the defense just stood strong at the goal line uh, late in the game and preserved mm-hmm. their aspect of the shutout. Uh, I mean, obviously points were on the board, but the defense didn't give up a touchdown. They kept the Huskies out of the end zone. And, uh, and that that was what I go ahead, Hoss. Oh, I was just going to when you mentioned that fourth and goal, what I was going to say is that stop was great. What I was most impressed with is Northern Illinois went with a shift to get guys out of alignment and man coverage. And uh, defense did a great job of recognizing where they need to line up against a shift. And Eli Sullivan did a great job running with the motion and man coverage and making one hell of a play. And that right there, more than just about anything this season, has shown me that we might actually have a Pretty legit defense on our hands, especially from an assignment and a communication standpoint. Eli Sullivan's in- okay. Go ahead. I was going to say uh, Eli Sullivan. You know, is uh, you know a name before this year that we didn't really hear much of, and Colin Miller's another one as well. Uh, we we got a couple of injuries in on the defensive side of the ball in the secondary. I think we lost to what Williams in week one, and and uh, um, mm-hmm. oh. Cam Taylor Britt. Thank you. Uh, the name escaped escaped me there uh, to an apparent shoulder injury last week, um, and we don't have really timelines on either of them. But but you know we got some of these younger guys, or, or at least maybe more unsung guys, stepping up and and making the most of their opportunities. Absolutely, and that's what you want to see in year two under a defensive coordinator. Guys are comfortable with the system, and they're able to take that leap from not just learning what to do, but how to do it and how to do it well. And very rarely have we seen any communication breakdowns on the defensive side of the ball yet this season. Last season, we had a whole lot of issues with like linebackers fitting the wrong gap in the run game. And we had a lot of issues in the secondary of busted coverages because one guy's playing zone when everyone else is playing man or vice versa. And through three games, we haven't seen that. Um, we saw maybe the altitude, you know, and conditioning rear its head against Colorado, but I think that was more of a product of just the offense leaving the defense out on the field for the majority of the third quarter. But by and large, the defense has taken a step forward, not just a step forward, but a big step forward from last season. And um, I'm excited to see how they perform through the crucible of conference play. John, okay, was that was that safety that played? Was that really that bad a pay, play call? 
No, it wasn't. And that thing was actually really close to popping. Yeah. The guy on the edge makes his block. That might be a 99-yard touchdown. That yeah. And everybody you complained know, we, about it. Yeah. Some of them, one of them, yeah. The message board that I'm a member of, a lot of people were complaining about the play call and how it was a bad call on Frost's decision. And then some people were saying, no, it was just bad execution. And one person went as far to say that it was a bad because of the bad execution is a bad play call because Frost should know the capabilities of his own player. Well, guess what? You're playing a game with the human element involved, 11 guys on each side. One missed assignment can wreck the entire play. And that's Which exactly is, what happened. Yeah, it, otherwise that looked like it was going to go, and then that yeah. guy didn't make his block. Yeah, I was, I was A lot surprised. of these people are the same. Oops, sorry, John. I, it's just this constant, you know, I guess if you're on your own one yard, you have to run up the middle every play for the rest of your life. And everybody knows that's what's supposed to happen. And if you don't, then well, everybody. What if, what if we do that? And, you know, you know, someone on the offensive line has a busted assignment and Mo Washington or Adrian Martinez get nailed in the backfield for safety. I mean, the same, you know, the run play might be a great call, but. Hey, there's a missed assignment. Does that invalidate the play as a bad, you know, make it a bad call? Yeah. No, it, it's, a, it, yeah. it's funny how people react to stuff. I mean, it was a bad oh, yeah. play call just because it didn't work. Otherwise, he'd have looked like a genius. Oh, yeah. If that thing houses for 99 or even gets us out to like the 35, you know, 30, 35, everyone's lauding. Oh, Frost saw something, you know, it's like the, the thing that gets me with the, conversation between bad play call or bad execution is the play call it being a good play call is playing upon a tendency of a singular player or your call is just going to beat their defensive call you know on the whiteboard bad execution can be hey it was a great call and someone didn't do their job you know the one person who doesn't do their job is who gives up a big play it's like the second down run against colorado in overtime if Hymas recognizes the little, you know, the squeeze by the middle or by the outside linebacker and JD Spielman, you know, gets to the outside shoulder of the strong safety, that thing's still popping for a, probably a first down. Instead, just a little bit of a, uh, a poor execution. The play's dead on arrival. I think. Hello. No, no, it, it's all, um, really in-depth stuff uh, and I like that we're able to answer the the big question especially after the loss to Colorado about like should we fire Scott Frost or, or can he you know make important like you said that that's not a bad play to call if you know Austin Allen makes his block um when we look at there the, are also bad play calls that end up working. Just oh, sure. The execution's there. You know, it, it, it goes a lot of different ways. You know, there's good play call, good execution, bad play call, good execution, bad play call, bad execution. You know, it. You know, it, it's a the game that's decided. You know, really, I, I've said it a lot, but the human element is that play. You know. Is it um, – I, I want to look more big picture here. When we talk about incremental improvement, I think we saw the defense step up. And, and again, you can say what you want about Northern Illinois, but they're a team that 
routinely competes in the MAC. Uh, so I don't want to necessarily give them <laughs> South Alabama status. Uh, but, uh, you know, they're what they're on. They a, give Utah hell. Yeah. I think uh, that's something that we can take away from in, in a big way is I think Utah won that one by what, two scores? Maybe 31 to 17 or or something comparable? 35 uh, 17. 35 17. Still, yeah. I mean, we. We played them better than Utah, which is a top 15 program, I think. A top 20, something like that. Yeah, they're number nine. They're number nine. Well, there you go. Um, so I think, you know, if, if, if you're looking at that 44 to 8 win and you're nitpicking, well, then you're just nitpicking and you're not, you, you know what I mean? You're not seeing the big picture. It, Haas, as you like to mention, incremental improvement. I think we saw that. We continue to see that. And uh, one of the things Jim Jurgens was another case of incremental improvement. And we saw a big leap like, for him for, between South Alabama and Colorado. But when you, because I know that you spend time studying offensive line almost exclusively. Uh, so when you watch mm-hmm. the O line play, what did you see that was perhaps most encouraging about the O line? I saw guys knowing who to block. And. That was a really encouraging sign because in the first two games, we had a little bit of confusion. And Frost mentioned in his press conference on Monday that in the first three games, all three teams have played different looks defensively than what we saw on tape. And, you know, that happens all the time. Um, teams will put in new wrinkles, especially to confuse a inexperienced center making the line calls. But we saw it a little bit more than normal. And in the non-con, it's really common to see that because I mean the staffs that you go up against have had all summer to sit there and game plan and play on the whiteboard and you know throw drop junk fronts and sure. just you know different twists and stunts to throw off the offense but I saw guys who knew how who knew who they needed to block I saw guys latching on to defenders I saw guys climbing up to the second level on uh Maurice Washington's 60-some-yard touchdown run off a little duo inside run play. Cam Jurgens looked like an old-school Nebraska center. I mean, lean, athletic, nasty, getting to the second level and uh, blocking the mic after helping with the nose guard, with uh, helping on the nose guard with Trent Hickson. And so, you know, the guy just keeps improving. And his snaps have got – I don't even remember seeing a bad snap the entire Northern Illinois game. I mean, he's cut that down from a lot of bad snaps against South Alabama to one bad snap against Colorado that happened at a absolutely back-breaking moment. And then he calls it up against Northern Illinois with I mean, no bad snaps. So he he's just improving on a week-to-week basis, that incremental improvement. And I cannot wait to see what this kid looks like by the end of the season. I want to talk a little bit. It was your frost focus of the week in uh, Ace High, how Nebraska confused Northern Illinois. If, if people want to read the the written version of it, they can obviously check out coordination.com. Uh, tell me a little bit about what Ace High is. I mean, is that because I, I didn't click. I mean, this is a stupid question, and, and usually I'm more prepared than this, but uh, I did not click the article, so we're, we're back to basics here. Uh, what is Ace High? Is that just a, an offensive set that they're uh, or, or a formation that they're working out of? Well, first of all, Greg, it breaks my heart 
that you didn't read the article. I mean, I'm just over here as a glass house of emotion, you know. Well, you know, I'm sorry. Rock with agony. You want to talk agony? (laughs) You want to talk agony? We can talk agony. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't doubt you there, Chief. Um, (laughs) No. Well, like, ace high was kind of a play on words, you know. The ace formation, 12 personnel, one back, two tight ends. But the ace high part just kind of came from poker, you know, Texas Hold'em. Ace high trumps, you know, everything else. So... We, we went with a lot of ace formations with one back and two tight ends. We lined up, you know, in different ways, two tight ends on the opposite sides of the line of scrimmage, um, two tight ends next to each other and kind of an ace twins look, uh, one tight end on the line of scrimmage and another one lined up as an H back in the backfield and matching personnel is how defense is played in college football now. And really at football at any level, it's not matching the formation, it's matching personnel. So you bring in two tight ends, the defense has to counter the heavier personnel. And when they're in heavier personnel, they're hedging against the run. And what the ace uh, 12 personnel sets do is it creates extra gaps. And football is all about canceling out gaps and, you know, having somebody to account for each of those gaps. And it creates two extra gaps on each side of the center. So you got the gap to the outside of the tight end, and you got the gap to the inside of the tight end. So you got that on each side. So you go from six gaps that you normally have to defend up to ten gaps. And then on top of that, you have to deal with five receiving threats. And then you also, when you're playing Nebraska, you also have to contend with defending a mobile quarterback. So we're not just we're not only playing 11 on 11 football with a mobile quarterback, we're also introducing all these extra gaps that a defense has to defend. And then we're also using polars that are going to create more gaps. And what it gets down to is you're putting players into conflict. You got guys who have to defend the perimeter from uh, like a quick bubble screen or an RPO, but they also have to defend an inside gap against the run. So you're just really, it boils down to being a mathematical equation. Do you have enough guys to defend all the gaps? Do you have guys who are athletic enough to play two gaps? Do you have guys who are athletic enough to defend the pass or to, and defend a gap at the same time? And to top that off, we also utilized motion, you know, like Maurice Washington on jet sweep motion. They're aligning one way towards the trip side of the ace empty set, and then we're running a guy in motion to the other side and a change of strength. The defense has to make their checks and their calls on the literally on the fly as they're adjusting. We're able to outflank at, uh, Northern Illinois on the perimeter on those jet sweeps. Uh, once we got them biting on those jet sweeps, we went with play action passes off of it. Then we, you know, started mashing the ball inside on the inside run because they're starting to defend the edges, opening up those gaps, you know, inside. And then on the drive where Adrian Martinez had his uh, short touchdown run, we just had a beautiful display of sequential play calling. Uh, you know, we just kept running the same play, handing off to Dedrick Mills up the middle. That Northern Illinois defense started pinching in to control those interior gaps. And once they, you know, start pinching in to stop the inside running game, Martinez pulls the ball and he, you know, goes around the corner for a touchdown. So it was a really good display because ace formations, 12 personnel, it's wreaked havoc on defenses for a long time, but when you introduce it with a 
mobile quarterback and up tempo, not letting defenses get their bearings, it, it becomes a pretty lethal weapon to have in the offensive arsenal. This was certainly, I mean, we're only three games in, but it was Diedrich Mills' best game, you know, over, going over 100 yards. Uh, Adrian Martinez looked a little bit more sure of himself. I think as the season goes on, he's only going to gain more and more confidence. If if we had to, you know, the safety notwithstanding, if we had to really nitpick and find one thing to complain about from last week, I mean, do do we have anything, or was it just you know taking care of business, moving on to Big Ten play, John? Well, I'd like to I'd like to see us be a little bit more consistent in the ground game. That'd be my one complaint. John? John? Aging Dr. Johnson. Did he fall Aging asleep? Dr. John Bam Johnson. Did John fall asleep on us? Must take this uh, Geritol. All right, well, uh, let's move on. Um, in fact, let's... Yeah, looks like he's just us too. I don't know how to. I don't know how to read that Uber conference thing. He says he doesn't have audio for some what? reason. Huh? Well, hey, he, he's the he's the guy man in the call. And he doesn't have audio. That's weird. Uh, I, he can hear us. I'm assuming as he hears us trying to contact him. Um, I'm going to check the time real quick. It seems about now as good a time as any. We'll take a timeout. He says we need to fix special teams. That's for sure. Um, the, yeah, that was uh, that was a real interesting first half. Before we get to the timeout, uh, before we get to the break here in the show, uh, we're doing a lot of good things in punt rush. Um, we yes, yes, we were. Is that better? Yes. Hey, there you are. Hey, what the hell? Party, pal. I feel like maybe you accidentally turned off your microphone. Well, I I had to move back to my bathroom office, and in the process, I accidentally pulled my headset out. Mm. <laughs> it's this scintillating stuff for the listeners. No, that's okay. No, we the, need to fix special teams. I think the, the punting the punting looks good, right? Our punting looks pretty decent, but obviously we're. I mean, we're going to have problems all year with field goal kicking. It looks like, you know. And I don't. They're, they're just going to go for it. Are they going to try to work in a kicker that, you know, try to see what happens if he needs to make a thirty-seven yarder? You know, Lane McCallum settled in nicely, but at one point during the Northern Illinois game, I was thinking, "Fuck it, let's just start going for two on extra points." Yeah, it kind of got that way. So um, yeah, it was a twilight zone game. It was a crapshoot with, with uh, the kicking game, that's for sure. Uh, well, let's go ahead and take a timeout. When we do come back, Illinois is up next. Champagne, and one of us may or may not be making the trip. We'll talk about it. Can we open up this podcast with Illinois by Dan Fogelberg? No. We actually get enough downloads no. that, that somebody might uh, take notice and want us to pay royalties. Well, he's dead, so... Yeah, but his estate. People, people still make money. Record, record label, things like that. Uh, people make money. Off Somebody of owns the rights. Yeah, I know. I was just trying to be. I, I like Dan Vogelberg. Okay, I do too. You do? 
Oh, yeah, hey. I grew up listening to that stuff on road trips with my folks, man. 05 Alamo Bowl, South San Antonio, Neil Young, Dan Fogelberg, Pink Floyd. Man, yeah. Well, we'll we'll talk we'll we'll talk Dan Fogelberg and the Fighting Illini when we come back here on the Five Heart Podcast. Welcome back to the Five Heart Podcast, Coronation.com, the SB Nation Podcast Network. Daniel Grayling Fogelberg. I didn't realize that he uh, uh, only made it to about 56 years of age before he passed away. Um, From the cancer. I, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's it's not good. Um, do, no. do you have a favorite... Do you have a favorite Fogelberg song, John? I know that's kind of your generation. No, 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 I don't. I don't think I've Same listened to a Dan Fogelberg song in twenty years. Leader of the band probably is what I I oh. think of when I go that route. I'm sure there are others, but uh, um, you know, in that fate, it's, are, just, it's gooey music. I don't listen to gooey music. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. He's hold, a hell of a musician. Hold on. Are you telling me that right now you're going to tell me, do you listen to Kenny Rogers? God, no. <sighs> Are you serious? I'm dead. I'm, I'm no when to fold up. No, don't watch. No when to walk away. No when to run. No when you're on to drugs, run. aren't you? You gotta count your money. When you're sitting, sitting at, at the, the table, table, there'll be time enough for counting when the, the dealing's done. Every game the know all of our subscribers right there. Or that or I'll get a record deal out of it. Well, I was thinking I was thinking our uh, our female listeners fifty and up is really gonna explode. We're really going to see an increase yeah, in, in that demographic. The five Heart Podcast, five John's DMs. <laughs> that's that's what I need. Uh, okay, Wait, where we? Okay, fine. Your Dan Fogelberg thing. No, I haven't listened to Dan Fogelberg in a very long time. I I couldn't recall a single song as if I had to. Well, that's that makes me sad. Why? There's plenty. Just there's millions of bands out there, and three thousand miles. All right. So, John, this this raises an interesting question. What's your go-to artist, like mu- musical artist or band? Like, you, what what's the one if you're cruising, you know, or you're scanning the radio, or and and you know this particular song or artist pops up that you're like, I'm definitely not going to turn the dial. I, you know what. Maybe you guys don't know me, don't know this about me, but when I was in my teens, my mother and I played dances. Okay, we played, when we finally moved her out of her house, she had about 15,045s and 5,000 albums. So there's never been a single artist or genre or anything that I said, oh, I have to listen to this. It's been more like, my God, the world has a huge variety of beautiful music. Why don't we listen to a gob of it? But mostly, I tend to listen to music that's more upbeat and danceable and not gooey stuff like Dan Fogelberg's. So let me guess. You're like you're driving to work, you know, in Minneapolis, Minnesota, wherever fine burg that you live in and your BGs come on, you know, staying alive. And it reminds you of your college days down there on O street, you know, I would change the channel. 
All right, what about the horrible. what about the temptation? Okay, no, no. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I've I've listened to Journey eight million times in my life. I don't uh, need uh, to hear them uh, anymore. Journey. I don't need to hear a lot of the music I've heard all my life. Right now, if you you ask me what my go to artist was, it'd be Walk the Moon. Okay, shut up and dance. I like that song. That's their poppy one. They have a beautiful. They're excellent across the board. Panic at the Disco, also very fun. And I chimed in with, haven't you people ever heard of... I'm really surprised, uh, John, that you didn't say that when you were a teenager that your mother wouldn't take you down to uh, uh, the local uh, uh, art or music hall and and hear from original pieces from the late, great Johann Sebastian Bach. We, we did that in our <laughs> early days. When I was when I was John, about sixteen John, years yeah. old, when my I was about sixteen years old, mom and I drove the three hundred miles or two hundred and fifty miles or whatever it is from Curtis to Lincoln, Nebraska, to go to Dirt Cheap Records, where she spent three hundred dollars on punk rock. Wow! Damn. She bought a forty-five called "She Got Fucked," and that was the entire <laughs> words to the song. And I was. Most people had to go, hey, mom and dad, you swear too much. I looked at my mom and dad, or you, you know, your mom and dad would say to you, quit swearing, you don't need that mouth. I had to look at my mother and go, why are you buying this punk rock music? Well, now we know. I mean, So it's is... safe to say your mom would have been okay with you getting a tattoo of Roy Orbison on your butt? <laughs> she probably would have done it. Okay, we should move on to actual... Yeah, let's get back to some ball. I feel like yeah. your mom's a, a legend, and we need, just need to focus. Sometime next off-season, we just need to focus an episode to Tales About Your Mom. Okay, we could do that. I'm, I'm on board. Uh, yeah, so this... For is, now, we need to keep Haas from singing anymore. Hey, just so you know, he wasn't the oh, only one singing. Keep saying, I'm, the, I'm the voice of an angel. That's right. Chris Barrel Angel. chested angel. Uh, of course, this weekend, another 7 o'clock primetime kickoff. The Huskers are in Champaign, taking on the Fighting Illini and the Levy Smith Santa Beards. Uh, I, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and, and put this right out on frustrated right now. Is I have tickets to the game. And as we record this Wednesday night, I have been pumped for this game since, uh, obviously, you know, since the last time they were in town, the Huskers were in town two years ago. It's kind of that every other year thing. And as soon as we knew, you know, for sure, I, I reached out to my buddy. I said, hey, you're planning on going? All right, put me down for two tickets. My wife and I are planning on going. Last week, I did something at work and messed up my back. So there's a good chance that if somebody's listening to this oh, Friday. getting old. Yeah, well, it's it's called, you know, we'll stick with getting old. But there, there are a few other adjectives I could use to throw in there as well. Um but I mean, I, I've been put on light duty for work. I've been taken, I, I can't be in a company vehicle. I can't do my job. Uh, I can't lift more than 20 pounds. I'm not supposed to stand too long or sit too long. And I'm just, I'm not trying to like wuss out, but I don't know if that spasm suck, bro. Man, I, I just don't know if the juice is worth the squeeze. I know there's going to be plenty, uh, you know, several thousand of my Husker fan friends in attendance, uh, you know, cheering on for me. I'm just not 100% sure they need my voice. I'm not I'm not ruling it out right now. We're going to probably make that a game day decision. Um, I just, 
Man, I I, I don't know if Can I'm going to be miserable. Hmm? What's Can I ask that? you a question? Yeah. It's back spasms, right? Yeah, well, it's, it's according to uh, uh, the workman's comp uh, doctor that I had to see, it is a sprain of the uh, ligaments of the lumbar spine. So, you know, it's I mean, that sounds terrible. It's not, it's not great. That, that sounds pretty shitty. Your wife's a nurse, correct, Amunda? Yeah, with a master's. Yeah. yeah um, see, ask her about getting some flexorol patches. She, uh, she works. She, That's what I do. She's not that kind of That's nurse because she works with her. babies, so. Oh, like, I, I think you can get them anywhere. I'm just not sure. They all sure got connections, them. Greg. Come on. <laughs> But the the big thing is when I had back spasms a few years ago because I was an idiot and didn't stretch out after doing heavy squats, I had to – what finally helped me was the flexural patch over where I was having the spasms. And I don't know if it would be similar to a sprain, but it was a night and day difference after wearing one of those on my lower back. I'll definitely look into it. I've got uh, an appointment with my doctor this be Friday. Be careful with muscle relaxers. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've talked to, you know, my wife about that. I've got a friend who's a pharmacist. Uh, in fact, he's going to be one of the, my Husker buddies who's, yeah, I'd be tailgating with if I made the trip. He's like, yeah, dude, if, uh, and that's the thing too, is the doctor told me about folks, we'll, we'll talk Husker football and, and the Illinois matchup in a minute, but the doctor's like, uh, all right, I'm going to give you a muscle relaxer. I want you to take two a day, one when you get home from work and one before bed. I said, you know, Doc, there's a lot of times that that's a very small window. Like, I might get home from work at 6.30 and go to bed about two and a half, three hours later. She's like, oh, well, I guess then just take one before bed. So, um, yeah, I don't I don't know. I would say don't take any muscle relaxers Friday or Saturday, and you can't start, you can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning. So just get up. Get like a bottle of whatever your favorite brand of liquor is, not beer, and just start. And your muscles will relax fine, and your pain will go away. Uh, a whole new pain might not be. Bad advice. <laughs> not a bad advice from Dr. John. Yeah, well, that's normally what I would do. Well, let's talk a little bit about that uh, Illinois matchup. Uh, the fighting line, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not dodging the question. I just, you know. Uh, nobody cares about me and my back. You're just moving on. Yeah, I'm trying to. Uh, Illinois comes in. They are uh, two and one as well, and uh, they they've had. I don't know. I don't know what to make of this team because they put on some, uh, uh, you know, some good numbers, and then they lose to Eastern Michigan. So, uh, Hoss, when you look at when you look at Illinois, tell me a little bit, particularly. I mean, this is an offense that finally is, seems like it's scoring some points. Yeah, they're going to score some points, or they're going to try to score some points. Uh, they love to run the football. They still have Reggie Corbin in the backfield, who tore Nebraska up last year. And uh, they're not going to be as quarterback run game centric as they were last year with A.J. Bush. Now that they have the Michigan transfer, Brandon Peters, starting quarterback, he's more of a drop back passer. But they're going to try to run the ball. They're going to be in a lot of spread formations. But the big key against Nebraska on Saturday will be how much Illinois wants to try to get after Adrian Martinez because I believe his name escapes me at the moment, but their defensive end is leading the conference in sacks. I know who you're talking about, but you're right. Name name is escaping me as well. Yeah. 
I'll look it up. You keep talking. So, yeah, I mean, and that's the thing that with Illinois, ever since 2015 when we lost to them in Champaign, they're always going to have good D-linemen. I mean, that year they had, like, Dwayne Smoot and Chunky Clement and Carol Phillips and Hardy Nickerson Jr. was that linebacker for them. And last year they had, like, Bobby Roundtree before he got hurt. And now they have this guy who's leading the conference in sacks. So they're going to try to get after the quarterback. Um but really, this is a game where if we roll in there and we play clean and efficient football, we should be able to get out of there with a pretty comfortable win. Did you watch their game last week? Uh, parts of it. I was flipping back between that and watching Colorado lose to Air Force. Well, I try to watch all the Big Ten teams. Eastern Illinois, or, uh, Illinois came out, and they looked big, decent at the beginning of the game. And, and then after that, it's just like they went – yeah, well, we tried. You know, they, but their defense, well, their defense gave up, what is it, uh, 480 yards last week to Eastern Michigan, the Emus, 316 yards passing. Their defense is, is not very good, but their offense looked like it started the game. You know, Corbin was running well, and the, the, they, the offense looked like it was doing okay, and then it's like they just said, well, if our defense isn't going to do anything, well, they were just going to trudge around the field. You know what I mean? So I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's still. It, I think what is it? Lovey Smith's third year, eighth year, fifty fourth. Is it his fourth? Okay. Yeah. Every year we've heard, oh, they're a young team. Oh, they're a young team. Well, how long are they going to be a young team? You know, because they looked mm-hmm. like a team that really went out and and just literally gave up. I don't want to say gave up, gave up, but they just kind of went, ah, we'll just we'll call it in. You know. And then they lost, and they looked like idiots. And I, uh, our Illinois uh, blog, uh, the SB Nation site, Champagne Room, made a comment on Twitter that uh, Lovey was coaching for his job in that game. So I don't know if that's true, but uh, there you go. The name of the Illinois player who leads the conference in sacks is Aluwoli Batiku Jr., if I pronounce any of that right. Uh, three games, five solo yeah. sacks. Uh, two assisted sacks, 34 yards loss. So, not bad for a team that's well, we got to block this guy, and hopefully Brendan Hymas is good to go on Saturday. Yeah, that's something we didn't talk about is injuries. And we mentioned um, uh, Cam, but we didn't talk about Brendan Hymas, and we really don't know, I mean, I don't know any update on his status. But, uh, Haas, as you mentioned, you know, the uh, propensity of this, you know, transfer quarterback that they got in who's more of a pocket passer while they still like to run the ball, and I think even now more than ever, we have to watch the, the PA pass. We don't have to uh, as much focus on like a mobile quarterback. That, does that, that's got to benefit our front seven a little bit, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when you don't focus on a mobile quarterback, you're able to cut it loose a little bit more in your pass rush. Um, so much of defending mobile quarterbacks is just staying patient. In your rush, not letting, you know, not getting too far upfield and letting him step up into the pocket and run. So this helps tremendously. And Bill, you know, we haven't really seen, I'll be curious next week against Ohio State how we defend a mobile quarterback. So we really haven't seen one yet this year. This, uh, Brandon Peters, quarterback for Illinois. Yeah, thank you. Transferred um, from Michigan. 
this uh, weekend in Champaign is their Hall of Fame weekend. So all of the, the uh, Illinois faithful will be geeked up and ready for it. I, like I said, I've been to the last two Husker games in Champaign. It's a, it's kind of a fun, even when they're, when they're down, it's kind of a fun atmosphere. The student section is, uh, uh, very active, very involved. Uh, the band gets everybody up and moving. They've got a cannon out there for when they score, which I'm hoping we don't hear the cannon too often. Um, if I'm unable to make the game, I'm, I'm certainly going to miss it, but, uh, uh, you know, I'll definitely be here in Illinois watching on my couch if that makes anybody out there feel better. But, um, hey, <laughs> this, I, I'm not going to say that it's going to be quite the, uh, uh, you know, big red takeover like it was in Boulder a couple of weeks ago, but I know that it, there's always pretty sizable chunks of red in that, uh, in the stands mixed in there with, uh, among the orange. So, uh, you know, obviously I don't have to tell you, the Husker fans, that how well Husker fans travel. Um, it, I'm thinking that some tickets are still available if you're making a last minute decision to, to drive to Champaign or fly to Champaign or something like that. Uh, it's, it's a fun, it's a fun atmosphere and the tailgaters are all cordial. Um, even the Illinois ones. So check it out, I guess is what I'm trying to say. You know what? In 2021, I'll make the trip and we'll, Drink some Coors Banquet and Grain Belt. I'm not gonna lie. If if you, I I almost being if I make the trip, I might grab a six or a Coors Banquet just in your honor. I might. I'm not allowed. To, I'm not, Greg, that means a lot to me. <laughs> like I said, I'm not allowed to lift over hey, twenty pounds. No, Coors, Coors Banquet might cure your back problem. So. The yeah, miracle beer. It might, but it might also uh, give me the runs. I, th- I think that's what happens with that Colorado Rocky Mountain water. It's, it, yeah, you know, <laughs> not really. No, no. All right. Um. Anyway, we're we're all a little bit distracted because the Husker uh, volleyball team is in action against St- uh, Stanford, and it looks like it just ended. As I mentioned, this uh, twenty nine seconds ago, Stanford wins three sets to one. Uh, so. Maybe next week we'll get Beth on to uh, talk a little bit about what in the world happened when the number two teams collide and it's on your home court and things just do not go your way. Um, but I, guys, I, I could tell you what happened. Well, yeah, you've been distracted. You've been sitting over there watching volleyball. We're trying to record a podcast, John. No, I actually haven't. I can tell you exactly what that. happened. They have four starting seniors and we don't have any seniors. Okay. It's well. early in the season. We're still putting a team together, and they're still learning how the. I mean, last year, there's no way we should have made the national title game, but we still did. That's how good a coach John Cook is. But, yes, Beth could tell us more about it. Are we going to do predictions with Illinois? Yes, of course. We're, we, or am, yeah. I, am I jumping ahead? No, I think we're about to. Hoss, you, you, I've got nothing left. If you got nothing left. Well, I was you know, you could. Say, and I want to say this. You could make a little, like, fanny pack type thing and put cold Coors banquets, you know, pressed against your back Ooh, there and you just go. drink them and pull them out. And then they'd be cold and make your back feel good. At the same time, you're having some pain reliever. That's true. Like I said, it, it, no, nothing's for sure yet, but Dr. If, John, if, uh, if you need to uh, one more, if you, the listener need one more reason to come to champagne for the game, they sell beer in Illinois Memorial Stadium during football games. So uh, there you go. Keep that in mind. Ooh, there you go. You, then you could, uh, you know, if it's uh, hot and cold, you could uh, do the, the cold Coors Banquet on your back and have some fireball. 
Just saying. Oh God. So uh, let's do predictions and let's get the hell out of here. Uh, What Haas? What? I'll include it with my. I'll I'll include it with my prediction. All right, John. I'm going to let you start then. Forty-four to twenty-one. I think Reggie Corbin will have over 100 yards for them. Uh, I think we'll have at least one defensive score. Uh, I think we, uh, we'll continue try kicking field goals to see how well we can get that into action before Ohio State comes to town. But I 44 to 21. Nice. Haas? I'm going to go with 39-13. And I would love to see it be a bigger margin, obviously. But what I really want to see is I want us to play a really clean, efficient game and have a nice tune-up heading into Ohio State week. And I can't tell you the last time that we actually played a really good game before a big game. You know, it'd be nice to have a performance where the entire team, the entire fan base is just brimming with confidence heading into a big game. So I'm going with 39-13, so I think we'll see a few issues still crop up offensively, especially going up against you know, the conference leader in sacks. But we get out of there with a win, and, you know, we're feeling good and getting ready to host the Buckeyes next Saturday. You know, one thing we didn't talk about at all this episode up until, you know, kind of Hoss, what you just mentioned there about playing a clean game, is Nebraska only had the one penalty uh, against Northern Illinois, and that was for some extracurricular after the whistle stuff. Um, That was an issue that plagued Nebraska you know, a year ago and, and, you know, certainly not just last year, but, you know, in, in the last several years, um, that's a talk about incremental improvement. That's a big step forward. Oh, absolutely. The ability to play a game where you're not shooting yourself in the foot is huge because the opposing teams are going to do everything they can to, you know, fuck your game up. So being able to, you know, control what you can control is huge. And it's going to be even bigger next week. And it's going to, you know, it's going to be big for every game as, you know, we get it deeper into the conference slate. And really the one turnover, the fumble by Dedrick Mills, was, was that the only turnover we had in the game? It was. Yep. Okay, so, you know, you're you're basically playing even in the turnover margin. We might have, you know, you can kind of count block punts as turnovers too because they're so fucking demoralizing to the team that hasn't blocked. So, you know, we win the turnover battle. We only commit one penalty. If we're going to go toe-to-toe with Ohio State next week, that's something I want to see continue against Illinois because, you know, just play flawless football. Don't, you know, don't shoot yourself in the foot. I'm on board with it. Do your assignments. <laughs> yeah, My... Play assignment football. No one needs to be a cowboy out there. No, not when you can be a Cornhusker, by God. Uh, my prediction, I'm going to say 41 for Nebraska and 20 for Illinois. I like that. That's a nice three score spread and, uh, it's right in line with where I like to keep my prediction somewhere around the vicinity of you guys, but being just off a little bit that maybe I can claim a little bit of uh, superiority next week. I don't know. I never remember what we predict week to week anyway. Um, so that's it. That, I, I think I said 38-24 last week. Well, you were way off. I know you were not as confident yes, going into confident. last week as 
as we would have liked. We were all a little shocked how dismayed you were. No. What did yeah, I say? I, was, I said I thirty-one to twenty-one, didn't I? Yeah, you did, John. I thought they'd score think, a little. Greg, more. I think you said forty-nine twenty-one. I think I think I definitely uh, won last week. I'm, I'm not going to go back and verify, but I, I'm just going to go with the. the Try not to hurt myself, pat myself on the back. Uh, that'll be it for this episode of the Five Heart Podcast. If uh, if I am in Champagne, Hoss will be manning Twitter and uh, giving all of the best reactions and uh, rating your takes. If I am in my home, uh, I'll be rating your takes and, uh, and being as comfortable as I can on my couch. But either way, if I make it to Champagne, I look forward to seeing some of you, hopefully, and uh, we're going to get on out of here for uh, Hoss Reuter, for John Dam Johnston. I'm Greg Mahochko reminding you this week and every week that five heart is all the heart you need. John? Go Big Red. Crush those Illini. Win another damn game. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com. Jittery Monkey.